Seems like everybody's on trips today, or returning from trips, so we will believe that they'll get here safely and all charged to go. Your lovely wife here this year this, with you? No, I came home. Oh, how's your mom doing? Okay. Good, good. Remember, we we called up and talked to John, and uh, we prayed for the situation. So we're believing things are going well. All right, great. All right. How long you be here for? Okay, well, I know you'll miss the family, but <laughs> they'll be happy when you get home. Amen. How's the little one doing? Good. <laughs> yeah, I imagine so. Uh, I imagine he's giving uh, Noah a rough time. <laughs> Well, it's good. Well, it's good to have you, Ron. All right, let's uh, go ahead and receive this morning's tithes and offerings. Glory to God. I didn't bring it. Left it at home. All right. You got volunteered. That film went. <laughs> we just thank you, Father God, for this opportunity to feed into your house. And we thank you, Father God, that this is good ground. We thank you, Father God, for the place we're reaching. We thank you, Father God, that this opportunity to sow will cause your kingdom to grow and more people to know your name in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I didn't bring it this morning. <laughs> thank you. All right. Okay, while they're doing that, uh, let's go to a nugget this morning. And the nugget goes like this. Disrespect is a thief. Disrespect is a thief. Disrespect is a thief that steals your blessing or blessings. One more time. Disrespect is a thief that steals your blessings. Amen. Glory to God. So, Father, we praise you. Just give you thanks as we look to your word. Father, God, I thank you, Lord, that uh, you open the eyes of each of our understandings, Father, God, to gain a greater insight, Father God, to what is being given to us, Father God, and Father God, that we can implement these things into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. Okay, like I said, there are four, we are four months into this year of 2018. How time flies, huh? Uh, we start out this year uh, with new expectations, 
Amen? Excitement and zeal. I hope you did anyway. Uh, having a great hope that the dreams, vision, and, and goals that God gave us uh, would come to fruition as we followed God's method of success. Amen? Okay. Uh, we're in a good place. We're at the right time to do the right thing. You're in a good place at the right time to do a good thing. So notice that uh, everything is just coming together for you. All right. Uh, sometimes, uh, since we're, you know, looking back to January a little bit, sometimes things begin to move very slowly or not moving at all, we think. Uh, and we become impatient, anxious, and frustrated. No, nobody, nobody's ever felt that way, huh? And a fear of failure may cause... May, discourage us from doing things God's way. Again, a fear of failure may discourage us from doing things God's way. Okay? Uh, I want you to note here, though, we will never have to fear failure. We will never have to feel failure when we obey God. That would be a good nugget right there for yourselves. We will never have to feel failure when we obey God. Now turn with me to the book of uh, Psalms, chapter 90. And uh, we'll look at a few things here. Psalms, chapter 90. Um, and we're going to be looking at verse 12. It says, So teach us to number our days that we may uh, apply our hearts to, unto wisdom. And uh, last verse of that uh, chapter also uh, Verse 17, and let the beauty of the, uh, beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish thou the work of our hands upon us. Yea, the work of our hands establish thou it. Uh, from the uh, new, uh, uh, NLT uh, Bible, it says, teach us to number, pardon me, teach us to make the most of our time. And make our efforts successful. Yes, make our efforts successful. So, uh, should we need encouragement today or to boost or, or fortify our uh, and establish our position, uh, we need to look into the Word of God. Okay? Uh, and the Word of God gives us examples how to, glory to God, and how not to. Oh, me. Okay. So we're going to look at uh, one of the things we need to do. First, compromise. Compromi compromise is not what God intends for us to do. Uh, Webster Dictionary uh, defines compromise as a settlement in which each side gives up some demands or makes concessions. We can't compromise. To surrender or give up one's Interest or principle. So, uh, to comp uh, so to compromise is something that we should never, 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 never do. Don't compromise because you're giving something away 
uh, of God uh, to take in something of the world when it doesn't work. Okay. Second thing that uh, that we have to watch out for is shortcuts. Okay. Webster's Dictionary uh, uh, definition of shortcut. A shorter way to get to the same place. Any way of saving time, effort, or expense. Again, shortcut. A shorter way to get to, to the same place. Any way of saving time, effort, or expense. Uh, now, if you ever played a, a, a team sport, you know that uh, there you go through uh, training or, or uh Precision, you know, you have to do certain things at the right time, turn, you know, throw the ball. Uh, and same thing with the, the military. If you've been in the military, they have you, if you're marching, you, you have to be in precision. They don't want a bunch of guys just scattered all over, but you have to be a full unit. And um, uh, that's God's plan for our life, too, that we be pre precision. Uh, we need to have some time-sensitive elements. God has time-sensitive elements uh, with us. Uh, this is why we need to cooperate with God at all times. If he says, choose this, we need to choose that and not just go on our happy way and think uh, something else. Uh, refusal to wait for God's plan can bring heartache and, and close uh, the doors that we're believing to open. So we need to... Uh, Watch out, uh, especially for shortcuts. We said we should never compromise. So we're going to be talking about shortcuts. If you want a uh, uh, title this morning, it's shortcuts. Okay. Um, many are leaving out critical directions given by the Bible and cutting corners. Um, nobody's ever taken a shortcut and it didn't turn out right. I, I, I recall, here we go again. I recall when I was in Alaska, I went up to uh, Mount McKinley National Park up there with a bunch of guys. And I was at the back, and they took, and, and, and they had a little trail going up a, uh, a pretty good sized mountain. And they got it way ahead of me, so I was going to catch up. So I went, cut across, and I started going up. And all of a sudden, I found out I was in shale. Anybody go in shale? The steeper you got, the worse you started sliding. So I had to start easing back. I was way behind. My shortcut didn't catch me up. It made me put me further back. So, you know, shortcuts aren't, aren't the best thing. And shortcuts in God's word turned out to be, it turns out to be bad also, okay? Um, unfortunately, many Christians today struggle and feel they cannot wait for God's promise to come to pass. You know, God says, okay, this year, we said this year is the year of the Spirit. We need to follow through on it, and we'll be successful. And, you know, uh, some of us are thinking, I know some of us have said, how come it's not come to pass yet? When is it going to take, when is it going to take place? Well, it's not God's timing yet. But some of us like to take shortcuts. So we're going to look at some shortcuts that people took in the Bible this morning. Okay? Um, so if you'll turn with me to the book of Genesis, I hope you've read Genesis this, this year. 
you're not, you're behind some. In Genesis chapter 15, God makes a covenant with Abraham. At this time, it's called a he's called Abram, but Abraham, we'll just go ahead with Abraham. I'll just begin with verse 1, chapter 15 of Genesis, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and exceeding great reward. And Abram said, O Lord, uh, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? And Abraham, Abram said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in my house is my heir. Verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not, this shall not be thy heir, but he that shall come forth out of thy own bowels shall be thy heir. Glory to God. Let's go on. Verse 5. And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now towards heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said uh, to him, so shall thy seed be. So God gives Abraham, or Abram, a promise. You're going to have a seed that's going to come out of your loins. And we know the rest of it, if we've read, that, that it's going to be, a, you know, this seed will multiply and it'll be a blessing to everyone. Okay, so the promise to Abraham of son. Now, uh, of course, we know Abraham is, is at that time is about 89, 90 years of age. And of course, Sarah is what, 70, about 10 years difference. And it's a few years later, <coughs> approximately 10 years later, now Abraham's 90, uh, Sarah's uh, 80. And in verse, uh, going, chapter 16, verse 1, now Abraham, uh, Sarah, uh, now Sarai, Abraham's wife, bare him no children and and she had a handmaiden, an Egyptian whose name was Hagar. And, and Sarah said unto Abram, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go into my maid, that, she, that I may uh, obtain children by her. And Abram hearkened unto the voice of Sarah. So uh, he took on the handmaiden of uh, Abraham, uh, uh, Sarah. Um <laughs> uh, What's taking place here? A shortcut. God didn't see it this way. Yeah. And what did this shortcut turn out to be? A, a terrible mess. Um, Abraham and, uh, and Sarah tried to gain the promise through Hagar. The shortcut. The, the shortcut resulted in pride, jealousy, misery, and injustice. I mean... That's a bad one. <laughs> yeah. uh, mistakes by Abraham. One, he failed by doubting God's promise. He was married. He already was married. He didn't have to have another wife. He says, you'll have a son. He didn't say, well, I'm going to give you another wife. He said, okay. Second thing he had to do, Abraham listened to Sarah's ungodly advice. Well, I can't have any. Take my handmaiden. Well, he should have said no. He should have said no. Yeah. But uh, 
it didn't happen that way. Uh, third thing that Abraham failed to do, uh, he failed to, to ask God's wisdom and guidance in the situation, especially when, when Sarah said, you know, uh, you know, take my handmaiden. So that didn't turn out too good. So that shortcut was not good, and we are still living with, with the uh, conditions of that shortcut, uh, even to this day. Okay. So we need to follow God's plan for our life. Whatever goals, uh, goal vision that he's given you, um, stick with the, with the information he's given you. Don't try to take shortcuts for this year because he said it'll take place this year, so we need to follow through. Uh, that means we need to walk a little bit slower if you're a little bit uh, um, wanting, you know, you're rushing God. Okay? And we need to also, the big thing, ask for patience. Uh, the year's not over yet. And sometimes God answers in the 59th second of the minute. So, you know, we shouldn't. Uh, so let's go to another area that somebody... Uh, took a shortcut. In Genesis chapter uh, 25, Genesis chapter 25, we find Esau and Jacob. Esau has gone out and uh, went out hunting and didn't gain anything and he was dog tired. He was, he was hungry. He thought he was starving and he went and, and Jacob was making a, hill of be a pot of beans And uh, he says, I, I'm, I'm starving. I'm going to die if I don't get any food. Jacob, give me some of that. And he said, well, Jacob says, you know, he said, well, I'm not the, uh, the eldest, and, and the eldest has all the, the blessings on him. He says, would you sell me your birthright? And Esau says, I, I don't care about my birthright. I'm hungry now. I don't want to starve. You would have my birthright if I died anyway, so give me the beans. Okay. Uh, that's it's in verse. You find that in verse uh, thirty-one. That's 20, Genesis twenty-five thirty-one. And Jacob said, "Sell me this day thy birth birthright." And Esau said, "Behold, I am at the point to die, and what profit shall this birthright do me?" Okay. And Jacob said, "Swear unto me this day." And he swore unto him, and he sold him his birthright to Jacob. And Jacob gave Esau the bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink and rose up and went his way, and Esau thus Esau despised his birthright. Now, he did it legitimately, right? I mean, he got his birthright legitimately, right? Okay. So, uh, Esau saw his birthright, and there was no no need to bring in deception. Now that's, that's where, uh, you know, Jacob doesn't speak up to his mom. He says, I already got the birthright because Esau gave to him. And this is where Jacob, uh, we see this weakness in Jacob at this point of not speaking up at some proper times. Like, for instance, when his daughter Diana was... Uh, taken into by, uh, by another person. He didn't say anything. And, and brothers, you know, so Jacob had that weakness of not speaking up. Uh, 
and this problem, uh, th that problem caused other things. Uh, thus, shortcuts will always surface from time to time if we do not hold back on them. Uh, now, uh, chapter 27. Here we go, chapter 27, verse 1. And it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim and that he could not see, he called Esau, his eldest son, and said unto him, My son, and he said unto him, Behold, I am here. And he said, Behold, and now I am old, and, I, and I, know, I know not the day of my death. In other words, um, go drop down to verse 5. And, and Rebekah heard when Jacob spake to Esau and uh, his son, and Esau went out to the field to hunt for, for venison and bring it. And verse 6, And Rebekah spake unto her, uh, Jacob her son, saying, Behold, I heard the father speak unto Esau thy brother. So he, she says, Well, I'm going to get you the birthright. So she plots this scheme out, okay? And... Uh, of course, Jacob goes along with it. wasn't bold enough to say no. Yeah, I've already got it. So he, they, he gets this goat hair all over him to make uh, his dad feel like he was Esau. And, uh, and then, then once, once that uh, takes place, uh, Isaac blesses Jacob as the firstborn. Uh, and Esau returns. He says, "Isn't there anything left for me?" And he said, "I'm going to kill Jacob." For that. But he already gave him his, that. Uh, and so Jacob becomes a fugitive. He leaves there. He runs away. Uh, well, not runs away. By his mother's own words, "You go to my my brother Laban, who's in the other country." And uh, and so when Jacob gets there, of course he falls in love with Rachel, and he works for, he says, I'll work for Rachel for seven years and she could be my bride. Well, he worked seven years, got tanked up before the, uh, the night got, I mean, he got stone drunk, he was happy. And he finds out in the morning that he just got through, <laughs> was married to Leah. Deception. The shortcut, he, <laughs> he got caught on it, okay? Uh, this ended, this marriage, or, or that marriage, the two marriages, became a dilemma because the, the two girls were fighting, two sisters were fighting all the time. Give me the mandrakes, and this is my son, and da 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 da. Uh, they were fighting all the way through. Uh, call, talk about a dysfunctional family. In a godly atmosphere, a dysfunctional family. Now, none of us have dysfunctional families. We're, we're godly, and we don't have dysfunctional families. Everybody said, Amen. okay, thank you. Okay, now we want to look at another dysfunction, all right? Uh, let's go all the way down to, not dysfunction, but another shortcut. Let's go to... First uh, Samuel, the book of First Samuel, and find the thirteenth chapter. Uh, 
God is, uh, the people have cried out to God for a king they didn't want, you know, they, they want to be like the other nations, and so uh, they got a king, and, his, and the name, name of the guy was Saul, he was the tallest, tallest Jew there was, he was, he was a head taller than everybody else, so they knew who he was, so he got to be king, and uh, he, goes, he goes out to war, and God, God has told him, I want you to slay this, this, these Amalekites, just wipe them out, and uh, so he comes back, and he says, I've done everything the Lord has told me to do. Amen? Yes. King Saul claims that he was obedient to the Lord's orders, and, and, but he was impatient for Samuel, because Samuel says, I'll be back in seven days, and then we'll sacrifice, make a sacrifice to the Lord, and things will be just hunky-dory. Okay? Um, so Samuel does not show up exactly at noontime for the sacrifice. Then it became at uh, six o'clock sacrifice, and things were bad, so... What does King Saul do? Go get me a couple of those heifers over there, whatever it is. And he makes a sacrifice. Well, right after that, let's go to um, that's, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 13, looking at verse 8. And he tarried, this is speaking of, uh, of uh, Samuel. And he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to uh, Gilead, and the people were scattered from him. And Saul, verse 9, said, Bring uh, hither a burnt offering to me, and peace offerings. And he offered them burnt offerings. And it came to pass, as soon as he had made the end of the offerings, the burnt offerings, behold, Samuel came, and Saul went out to meet him, that he might salute him. And of course we find out... Uh, Samuel says, what's this? I hear my ears. You were supposed to destroy everything, kill everything. The people, all the people, all the Malachites, and you're supposed to destroy all their possessions. He says, what is this sound? He says, well, the people, the people want to get, they took the best of the, the stock there, and they want to offer sacrifices. Okay. Um. Let's go to chapter 15 at this point. Chapter 15, 1 Samuel 15. Verse 21. 15, 21. But the people that took the spoil, the sheep, the oxen, and chief of the among things, which would have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord thy God in Gilgad. And Samuel said, hath the, Lord, hath the Lord as a great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying, obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken then of the, of, uh, of the rams. Verse 23, for rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, thou hast, uh, the Lord has also rejected thee as from being king. Wow. Um, if you notice, when, we, when, when, when uh, 
God called Saul to do, go out there and do battle to wipe out the Amalekites. Saul was willing to serve God. But not willing to wait on God. So he took the shortcut and he did, he did things himself. There are, there are Christians today that are willing to do God's work, but they want to do it in their timing. They don't want to wait. And that's the sin of shortcuts, because we don't wait on God any longer. We want to serve God. We love God. We'll do it just like he wanted to. I'll serve you. Let's pray. And if you find out that after Samuel said what he said, Saul says, still pray with me. Uh, let's go and worship together. He still loved God in that aspect, but he would, it's not in, in God's timing. So shortcuts is somebody that loves God, but they want to do it in their timing, not God's timing. And that's, that's detrimental to, to each and every one of us in that way. Okay? Um, okay, look, look at rebellion and stubbornness. Uh, they are equated, uh, equated to Witchcraft and idolatry, that's pretty nasty stuff, okay? How many of us have fallen to rebellion or are stubborn about something? Hmm. So I hope we are, are, will be more careful from now on when these attitudes of rebellion and stubbornness hit us. Honey, will you take out the trash? Not now. I'll do it later. I'm watching my program. The game's on. There's that stubbornness. And what did we just do? We, we walked right into what? Idolatry. Because we're wa wanting to do something else. Oh. Ain't that a good one? How about rebellion? I just won't do it. That's witchcraft. Whoa. So we need a... Uh, King Saul's short, uh, shortcuts led him to denial. He denied everything. Oh, I did everything right. Jealousy, anger, rage, and murder. And he lost the blessing. And it kept him from being... The remaining years as king of Israel. Wow. Okay. We're still looking at what? Shortcuts. Okay, let's look at shortcuts here. Another. Today, many are looking for prom promotions. Glory to God. You know, I'm going to get this promotion. And, and promotion's up. You know, I'm going to do my best. And, you know, I'm going to show the boss I can do things right. <laughs> Okay, uh, promotions, uh, looking to get a promotion is a noble goal, yet far too many think about it in a wrong way. They want to take shortcuts to get that promotion. Now, uh, <laughs> um, sometimes people that, that uh, Really pushing into the boss, we say they're they're brown nosing, 
you know, I'm trying, <laughs> trying to get that promotion, right? Okay. So let's look at this. Let's now go to 2 Kings, the book of 2 Kings. In 2 Kings chapter 5, we're going to look at a guy that, that's ready for promotion. Second Corinthians, second Corinthians, second Kings chapter five, beginning with verse one. Now Naaman was the captain of the host of Syria, and it was a great man with his master and honorable because by him the Lord had given deliverance to, uh, unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor, but he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out uh, by companies and had uh, brought away captives out of the land of Israel, a little uh, maid. And she waited on Naaman's wife, and she said unto, unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, uh, were the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him, him from leprosy. Okay, he's finding out uh, this little Jewish girl saying, We got a prophet there, he can take care of your, your, your husband's um, leprosy. And so uh, here we go. Verse 4, and, and one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus saith, and the maid, said the maid that is the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go, go, and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. And he, and he departed and took with him ten talents in silver, six pieces of, uh, of, of gold, ten changes of raiment. So he, he's going there. Who does, he, who does he find? He finds the prophet Elijah. And Elijah has an understudy named Gehazi. Okay? Gehazi is in apprenticeship uh, under Elijah. And Gehazi is more likely to take Elisha's place when he goes. Because Elisha was under Elijah. And it transferred over. So Gehazi is under Elisha and it should be transferred over because he's following him, right? Uh, again, uh, name is the leper. Uh, name of the leper comes to be healed of the disease. Uh, you, I mean, you get to read chapter 5, all 5 and part of 6 to get the whole thing. Uh, name uh, comes to uh, get healed. Naaman was willing to show his gratitude and make the man rich that would heal him. That's why he took all this stuff. I mean, why would you just, you know, take all this, this gold and change your clothes and everything else? It wasn't for him. He's going to give it to the guy that's going to heal him. All right. Once, and we find out after Naaman gets healed, glory to God, he converts over to the God of Israel. You know, healing is, is what they say, is the dinner bill to the Lord. So get somebody healed, and they'll, they'll get, uh, take on, receive the Lord. Um, so we need to praise God for his abundant grace on bringing healing. So that's why 
know that you have the, the anointing when you go out and somebody's asking, you know, if you pray, uh, you have a cold there, can I pray for you? Do you have anything, sickness or anything? I can pray. Hey, know that the healing will take place and that individual can, hey, I want to receive the Lord because Jesus, because you, you prayed for me, you know. Um, but we find out Eli Elisha does not take any gifts. He says, I don't need that stuff. Um, you're blessed. Uh, I don't need that stuff. But Gazea, Gazea, I can get the gift. He saw the gifts, okay? He saw all that money. He saw those change of clothes. He says, man, you know, if I was in that spot, which I will be eventually, I can get all that stuff. But, he, but his lust for things was stronger. So he makes plans uh, to obtain them by lying. Plans to shortcut the process. Well, if, if Elijah doesn't want it, I can have it. You know, if Elijah wasn't there, I'd get it anyway, so... Shortcut. Shortcuts can be very dangerous if not a death trap. Okay. Um, key, well, let's go to Proverbs chapter 10 for a second. Proverbs chapter 2. What? Okay. I just put a zero on something that wasn't supposed to be. Proverbs 10, verse 9. He that walketh uprightly walketh surely, but he that perverteth his way shall be known. So that shows where Gehazi was. Uh, another uh, translation says, People with integrity have firm footing, but those who follow crooked paths will slip and fall. That's a good one. God's not a God of shortcuts. He makes out a plan you need to follow through. He just say, okay, I'm going to be over there, and you go over there, and you make it, get to me how you can. Follow my footsteps. This is the right way. Uh, otherwise, you uh, end up hurting yourself. Okay? Um, to prove that God is not a God of shortcuts, let's go all the way back to the book of Exodus. In Exodus chapter 13, look at this. Exodus chapter 13. Verse 21. Exodus 13, 20. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them by the way and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. So God is leading the way. There's no, he's, you don't follow, you know, there's no shortcuts, you know. Um, getting close, you're going to get out early, early, early again. Uh, all the way now to the New Testament, just to prove, prove the fact. And Romans chapter 8, in Romans chapter 8, we find glory to God. Look at verse 14. 
For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. So, as many as led, that means we need to follow. There's no shortcuts here. Okay. Go back to the Old Testament again, and we want to go to the book of Psalms, chapter 1. In Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sits in the, way, in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His uh, leaf shall not uh, wither, and whatsoever he doeth, shall prosper. So, glory to God. As we follow God's way, we don't make shortcuts, we get blessings. Amen. Uh, the man or woman of God does not compromise, nor does he take shortcuts. Shortcuts, wow. A man, okay, now we're going to look at uh, a little bit. I got about eight, nine scriptures here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Twelve scriptures. Okay. In Psalms 1 1, we've already looked at the blessed live godly lives. Chapter 2 of Psalms. And we want to look at the very end of chapter uh, chapter 2, verse 12. The last part of verse 12. It says, Blessed are they that put their trust in him. So the godly, the, the blessed put their trust in God. Psalms 32, verse 1. Blessed is he he whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Glory to God. Have no problem there. Being blessed, all all my sins have been wiped, cleared out. Uh, I like it from the Amplified. Happy, blessed, fortunate to be envied is he who, who, who has forgiveness and his transgressions continually exercised upon him whose sin is covered. Well, our sin is no longer covered. It's eliminated. It's gone. Glory to God. We've got a better step there. Glory. Oh, how about the second verse there? 32.2. Blessed is the man unto whom the Lord imputeth not iniquity, and whose spirit there is no guile. No sin is imputed unto us. When you walk by, the Lord says, I don't see anything wrong with you. That's the blessed woman. That's the blessed man. That's good news because, you know... uh, 
We look into ourselves and we know what's wrong. But God says, you're clear. We need to believe that we're clear. And if we do make a mistake, what do we need to do? Repent. 1 John 1, 9. Amen. Glory to God. Psalm 65. Psalm 65. Glory to God. Look at verse 4 from the Amplified. That's Psalm 65, verse 4 from the Amplified. Blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied is the man whom you choose and cause to come near, that he may dwell in your courts. Glory to God. God has chosen us to dwell in his courts. In other words, for all eternity, glory to God, we are going to be there. We shall, we shall be satisfied with the goodness of your house, your holy temple. Are you going to be satisfied when you get up there? don't have to live down here any longer. Amen. Glory to God. That means we, we can enjoy God's fellowship continually. Amen. Don't have to worry about old things coming up. Psalms 84. I know we're, we're going in Psalms 84. From the Amplified again. Psalms 84, verse 4. Bless, happy, fortunate, and to be envied are those who dwell in your house and in your presence. Amen. They will be singing your praises all day long. Amen. Selah, pause, and calmly think about that. You get to sing praises to God all day long. Amen. There are no more murmuring, complaining. Glory to God. <laughs> So many times we, we we murmur and complain. Well, drop down the next verse, eighty-four five. Again, it's blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the man whose strength is in you, in whose heart are the highways to Zion. Glory to God. We get strength from God. Find your strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We have the strength. Amen. We have the ability. Amen. Through Christ Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. Oh, well, glory. I'm glad you're all jumping up and down out there. Amen. Psalms 89. Psalms 89 this time. Verse 15 from the Amplified again. Notice we're always being blessed, happy, and fortunate to be envied. Verse 15. 89, 15. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied are the people who know the joyful sound, who understand and appreciate spiritual blessings symbolized by the feast. They walk, O Lord, in light and favor of your countenance. Glory to God. Hallelujah. In other words, we know how to. Worship God. Amen. We don't find it dreary. Oh, these are dreary old songs. They, they, they have no meaning. No, it's not it. We have songs. We know how to worship God. Okay. 
You're all happy, right? Yeah. Let's see if you're happy about this one. Psalms 94. Psalms 94. Are you ready for this one? Psalms 94, verse 12. Again from the Amplified. Blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied. They all start that way. You're blessed. Is the man whom you discipline and instruct. Uh Uh-oh. Are you blessed, happy, and fortunate, or to be envied because the Lord instructs you or disciplines you? I mean, hey, he says, get, get off that path and start following me. We need to be just jumping up and down. Oh, Lord, and teach out of your law. Glory out of your word. Teach us out of your word. Glory to God. Amen. So we need to know that we can be, in, we can be corrected and we can be blessed by it. That's right. Most people say, I don't, <laughs> I don't like that. But this is, a, this is something that God wants us to bless us with. Because when correction comes, we can make our, our way right and straight. We don't drift. Right. Um, I heard, you know, a lot of people say they walk the line or they walk the fence. You know, you're, you're like this. You know, if I fall this way, I go, I go into the kingdom of God. And if I fall the other way, I go, you know who's the fence? Who, who owns the fence? The devil does. He's, he's, he's going to let you slip. He says, you're on my side when you're on that fence. Think about it. When you're walking the line or uh, on the fence, you know, well, you know, a little bit. A little bit, it's not going to bother. You know, God will forgive. No, you're on the, walking that fence. You're on the wrong side. Quit walking the fence. Okay. That's that, where the correction comes in. All right. Psalms 112, uh, no, Psalms 119. Psalms 119. Are we going to be blessed this morning? All right. Well, we we can go to verse 1. From the Amplified, Blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied are the undefiled, the upright, truly sincere and blameless in the way of the revealed will of God who walk, order their conduct and conversation in the word of the Lord, the whole of God revealed word, uh, will. Here's the, here's the one we want to look at, though. Verse 2 of Psalms 119. Blessed, happy, and fortunate to be envied. Glory to God. It's always there. Are they who keep his testimonies and who seek, require, for, and of him, and crave him with a whole heart. Glory to God. We, we need to be obedient to God's word. Just fall in love with him. Amen. That's how you're blessed. Happy. Fortunate. You know, we, we don't usually put those words that way. And to be envied. Oh, man. Your life, your life is only <laughs> almost, almost like I say, a bowl of cherries. No, some, <laughs> now some of you, I don't know if you don't like uh, if you like cherries. No, I love cherries. 
Well, I'm blessed when I get cherries. Amen. I get blessed when I get peeps. <laughs> Glory to God. All right, let's go to, oh, since we're, we're just about out of Psalms, let's go to the book of Proverbs then. In the book of Proverbs, we want to go to the eighth chapter. That's Proverbs 8. We are the blessed. Proverbs chapter 8, looking at verse 34. Look at it again. From the Amplified, blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied. Boy, that ought to be ringing in, in our ears. We're blessed, happy, fortunate, to be envied. Is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the post of my doors. We are looking at wisdom. God's giving us wisdom. As we walk with him, he gives us wisdom. We're listening. We're happy, fortunate, and envied to have this wisdom. The world does not have wisdom that leads to be happiness and blessed. All right. All right. One more, and then we'll close it up. We're still in the Old Testament. Am I correct? All right, we want to go all the way to the book of uh, Isaiah this time. The book of Isaiah, chapter 30. You notice all the, all the scriptures we looked at, there is no shortcuts. There's no compromise. Isaiah chapter 30, looking at verse 18 from the Amplified. And therefore the Lord earnestly waits, expecting, looking, and longing to be gracious to you. God's looking for us. And therefore he lifts up himself that he may have mercy on you and show loving kindness to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Look at here. Blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied. Those words seem to be ringing out again are all those who earnestly wait for him, who expect and look and long for him, for his victory, his favor, his love, his peace, his joy, his matchlessness, unbroken uh, companionship. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Look what we get when we wait on the Lord. We are what? Blessed. Happy. Come on, some of you haven't been here this morning. Fortunate. And to be envied because all these things, all these blessings are on us. Well, you have to be some, there ought to be some shouting. Amen. So, so it shows us we need to not compromise God's word or take shortcuts around God's word to make it come to pass, because it doesn't do that way. We're always to follow the leading of God's word and the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen? Amen. Look at that. You got out early anyway. Glory to God. Anybody need prayer at this time?
Well, you tell them when, they, when you see them next week or Wednesday, they missed it. They, they were not blessed 